Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal day. I am looking out here at the Gulf of Mexico, and there is not a cloud in the sky. It is phenomenal, and it's good to be home. It's the craziest thing, though. You know, you start traveling, and then everything goes to to crap sometimes. And you think, man, why is this happening? And then you realize it's just life. You just move through it and keep going. I had a car mess up. We had an air conditioner that broke. You know, and it's you just laugh because you think, just like everybody else, where's the money going to come from? What do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Do I need to cut corners? Do I what? You know, isn't this where ethics show up? You know, it, it's funny, though. If we just crave life, crave what we're supposed to have, look at, look at what our purpose is in life. Sky's the limit. These things are just, they, they pass. You know, by, by the time it gets hot around here next year, I'll have a new air conditioner unit. You know, I, I've, never, I've never been let down. There's, you focus, 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 and you find what you need. Now, in the meantime, i got three girls that are ornery because they want me to make sure it stays cool all the time. It's getting really nice in the evening time. It does still heat up. This is Florida. You know, but we're having a blast, getting ready to take off. We will not do a show this Thursday or Friday. There's just no way as, as fast-moving as I'll be going. You know, it's funny. You go to California and everything's laid back. The only time we can't do a radio show is when we're traveling. You go to the East Coast. And it's move, move, move. I get in Thursday afternoon, I leave Friday night, and it is a jam-packed session up there with Rustelli Direct. So we're going to be kicking and scratching uh, to see what this awesome company is up to. But we are in Chapter 2 of John Maxwell's book, Ethics 101, What Every Leader Needs to Know. I invested time today on one of my friend's blogs because a very good successful leader in network marketing in his own right has has left a company. Very controversial company. It's had its pros and its cons and all kinds of stuff. But he left and he went over to another company that is just as controversial. Because anytime you have a company that's hit that's hitting critical mass, it's going into geometric progression. People jump on the bandwagon. Very few people have the guts that it takes to just stay their course. And, and take it slowly or find a company that they believe in, not just jump on the momentum. And I'm not knocking on what this guy's doing. He's got his own reasons. I have not talked to him, probably will in the next few weeks. But I look at it and I see all the naysayers, and this is where I'm going with this, not what he did. But I'm seeing what all the naysayers are saying. I'm seeing what people inside the company are saying. I'm seeing what critics outside the company are saying. I'm seeing where everybody's getting their two cents worth in. And I just shake my head. It's kind of like politics. Everybody wants to get off subject of what's important. That's why we're launching our brand new website, the Network Marketing Advocates. I believe everything rises and falls on the golden rule. And that's why in Chapter 2 today we're talking about what, why this rule is golden. John opens up this chapter. He says, how do you rate yourself when it comes to ethics? And I want us to pause there for a second and analyze that. How do you rate yourself? You have five criteria that you can rate yourself at. Number one, I am always ethical. Number two, I am mostly ethical. Number three, I'm somewhat ethical. Number four, I'm seldom ethical. And number five, I'm never ethical. Which one best applies to you? Seriously, how do you 
characterize yourself. A lot of people today don't think ethics matter. A lot of people think they're situational ethics. It just depends on the situation you're in. This chapter, I hope, and today's radio show, you'll understand from a logical standpoint why ethics are not situational and why they are important. See, in in the the research that was done, the majority of people place themselves in the number one or number two category. I'm either always ethical or I'm mostly ethical. Most of the people out of those two categories place themselves in the second category. And they do so because of personal convenience. See, conflict is inconvenient, and most people are not good at conflict resolution. So they, they violate their own ethics in order to make it more palatable. It's interesting. Most people think that being mostly ethical is okay. That's fine. Well, you're, you're better than most. You're in the top 20%, you know. But one rule can help people move from mostly ethical to always ethical. It closes the gap between the two categories. And it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Think about that, how simple. That works in relationships. Well, I'm not going to go screw around on my wife because I don't want her screwing around on me. I'm not going to go screw my business partner because I don't want them screwing me. I'm not going to go talk bad about somebody else because I don't want them talking bad about me. It's interesting how simple it seems on the surface. The question we're going to find out is it simple underneath. See, one of the things that John mentions is that educators, philosophers, theologians, and lawyers have made ethics an overly complex subject. I mean, how did you feel when I said everything in ethics is about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them to unto you. Did you scoff at it? Did you laugh at it? Did you think he's crazy? He makes things so simple. He's dumb. He's stupid. What were your thoughts? How skeptical are you that one small sentence, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, could change your business and personal life? And that's the question that we've got to look at. I've been blessed to be in a profession where I've gained the trust of distributors and CEOs alike. And as I study the different personalities, as I study the, the conflict that rises between companies and distributors, I quickly realize that very few focus on the ethics my good friend and mentor, Richard Brooks, is up in Washington right now with the, uh, the Direct Selling Association. He sits on the Ethics Committee, and he and my other friend, my attorney, Kevin Thompson, will be up there working on ethical situations within our profession. But when you think about it, it all narrows down to this. How would you like to be treated in any situation? Think about it. How do you want to be treated? If if you know how you want to be treated, would you not treat somebody that way? See, I believe that's, that's the name of the game. That's the end game, if you will. Listen to this. 
John writes, in America's culture, this this recent relative culture, where everybody wants to use a different standard and where every situation is supposed to require its own code of conduct, it's promising to hope that people from every culture desiring ethics can agree on one standard. See, I think back to Columbine because that was a big deal. And those guys were in a classroom in a school where they taught situational ethics. We just celebrated a 10-year anniversary of the most traumatic event that's happened in current history in the United States, a major terrorist attack against this country and its people. Over 3,000 innocent victims died because of situational ethics. Now, some of you may be saying it wasn't situational ethics. That was 100% by extreme Muslims, and I agree with you on that. I don't disagree. But do you seriously understand what I'm getting at? See, there is a version of the golden rule in every major religion in the world. Christianity, whatever you want men to do to you, do to them. Islam. No one of you is a believer until he loves for his neighbor what he loves for himself. Judaism. What is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow man. This is the entire law. All the rest is commentary. Buddhism. Hurt no others with that which pains yourself. Hinduism. This is the sum of duty. Do not unto others what you would not have them do to you. The list goes on. Confucianism. There's a lot of isms in here, isn't there? What you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. The list goes on and on. John writes this, and I think it's a profound point. You should write it down. There are really only two important points when it comes to ethics. The first is a standard to follow. The second will be to follow that standard. See, it's clear that the golden rule cuts across racial lines, cultural lines, demographic lines. It's embraced by people from every part of the world. It's the closest thing to a universal guideline for ethics that a person can find. So why is it we make ethics so hard? Why in network marketing are we worse than politicians at shooting our wounded? Bitch and moan if you're a distributor about the company, but you don't sit down and say, we need to figure out something to fix it. As a company founder and owner, you look at your, 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 employ, your, your field force as just a disposable asset. And yet we don't seem to want to come together and say we will work together to make a great profession. The golden rule is the basic guideline of which I'm launching the new brand new initiative, the Network Marketing Advocates. Collaborating together, not killing each other. That's the key. My wife and I right now are... are taking our marriage to a new level. We are stretching through some things we have not worked on in 24 years as we head into, well, actually, as we finish out our first 25 years, a quarter of a century together. Maybe you think it's funny. Maybe you think that's even a miracle. But in my book, I'm planning on living with her, making love to her, having fun with her for a whole century. That's my goal. Lord willing and creek don't rise. I want to be with her at least 100 years, live, kicking, having fun. 
I eat breakfast with a gentleman every morning that's 87 years old, and you'd never know it. And I figure if I just live a lifestyle like that, I can make up for all my indiscretions as a youth. Ethics. So I believe ethics is the key. See, John writes, ethics is about how we meet the challenges of doing the right thing when that will cost more than we want to pay. I'm going to say that one again. Ethics is about how we meet the challenges of doing the right thing when that will cost more than we want to pay. He put that in here. He got it from the Josephine Institute on Ethics. I read that and I thought, man, that's wild. See, there's two two aspects of ethics. The first involves the ability to discern right from wrong, good from evil, propriety from impropriety. Now that's not that hard to do if you if you go with it. We mo- most of us, unless we are just dumber than a box of stinking rocks, understand right from wrong, good from evil, impropriety from propriety. The second involves the commitment to do what's right, good and proper. Basically, ethics entails actions. It's not a topic to mull over or to debate. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's time that we stop making things so freaking hard to understand. I mean, just think about it. Ethics is a six-letter word. It's not some three-dollar word that nobody understands. It boils down to treating other people the way you want to be treated. The question is, are you going to do that? Are you going to adopt the golden rule? That's the key. I want you to think about some things. I agree with John Maxwell on this. And the way he's written it, I'm going to add lib to it, but I'm, I want you to, or I'm going to add to it, not add lib, I'm going to add to it, but I want you to write this to Number one, the golden rule is accepted by most people. I don't know any nation out there, any continent, any society that says, please treat me worse than I treat you. That will make me happy and and ecstatic. No. Now, we know that communism doesn't work, socialism doesn't work. I'm not talking about a euphoria, a utopia, or any of that crap. I'm saying just treat people the way you want to be treated. The rest will line up. Some people say, well, Troy, you just don't understand. I don't make as much money as the other people, so so they're going to treat me poorly. And that's just the way it's supposed to be, because that's the golden rule. He who has the most gold rules. Okay, that means if you're making 25000 and some dude making 100000 can treat you bad, then that means the guy with 100000 has to understand that a guy making 500000 is going to treat him bad, and I don't think that's going to happen. Or maybe you come and say, Troy, you don't understand. You don't have to treat me like I treat them because because I'm not as talented as they are. Okay, then that means we're subjecting ethics based on talent. So who gets treated better, Tiger Woods or Bill Gates? Should Bill Gates be, be treated worse than Paul Allen since Bill Gates is smarter than Paul Allen, but Paul Allen was his partner? Or, or should Warren Buffett be treated better than all of them? Well, where do we put Mother Teresa in all this? Because she didn't have a pot to pee in, but look at the good that she did to the world. 
And she had a lot of talent to be able to save those young kids in Calcutta. There's no logic behind most of the stuff that we talk about. If you put the logical conclusion to it and you find a standard that's acceptable, that's universal, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's a simple phrase. It's that plain and simple. How hard can it be for us to do that? You know, when I started living this, and I mean really living it, really looking at it and saying, this is the rule I should use in all my life. I should use it with my children, with my neighbors, with my wife. Here, let, let's go down this road. i got a lot of guys that listen to my show. You guys go around all the time, boy, I sure wish my wife had more time for me. She's always saying no. She's got a headache. She never wants to make love. That's a typical guy statement. But see, you want to be respected all the time. You want her to just... Do be there for you whenever you want. Now apply the golden rule to this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now let's bring it a little closer home. Do to your wife what you want her to do to you. Why don't you start loving her unconditionally and maybe she'll start respecting you unconditionally and the next thing you know, the two of you are connecting as one. Simple. Didn't say didn't say that it won't take some work. I'm just saying it's a simple thought process. It's a simple standard. See, one of the first rules in human relation is to seek common ground with others. John taught me something years ago. He calls it the 101% rule. Find the 1% that you can agree on with the other person and give it 100% of your efforts. If we were doing this in an equation, that would say do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Find that one thing and agree on it. Now go for the gusto. Stop worrying about all the other crap out there. We live in a fallen world. What the heck do you expect? Does that mean people aren't going to be out to get you? No, it's going to happen. It doesn't mean that you change your thought process. Number two, the golden rule is easy to understand. It's simple to understand. It's easy. Norman Cousins, who is a great Vietnam vet, was a prisoner of war, does a lot of stuff and, and used to write with the Saturday Review. He wrote something that John put in here, and I think this is very important. He said the he said the words hard and soft are generally used by medical students to describe the contrasting nature of courses. Courses like biochemistry, physics, pharmaceutical stuff, anatomy, uh, physiology, pathology. Those are hard things. Not yet, babe. I'll be ready in a minute. They say it's hard, but yet subjects like medical ethics, philosophy, history, patient-physician relationships, they tend to say those are soft. Those are easy to understand. But get this, a decade or two into after graduation, these tend to be an inversion. That which was supposed to be hard in school becomes soft. It's easy. Sure, Constantly, medical stuff is, is evolving, and they learn new things. But the soft subjects, especially those that have to do with intangibles like ethics, turn out to be the enduring value. They start to understand how hard it is, how tough it is. And they, they start to say, this is hard for us to take care of. This is hard for us because we don't know. What what should I do ethically? You know, go on, David, the other 
You know, it goes down to here. Let's use one right here. You're you're a medical doctor. You have your own values, your own ethics, and up comes the term abortion, euthanasia. Pull the switch. Simple factor. Do unto others as you would like them to do to you. Now, I'm not saying that based on specific medical situations that there's not going to be some other stuff come in. Don't get me wrong here. But if you have a standard in which to start with, the complexity of ethics disappears. There's no such thing as situational ethics. John writes it this way. That's not to say that every ethical situation can be solved instantly by using the golden rule. Sometimes the hardest part of asking, how would I like to be treated in this situation, is identifying who might be affected in the situation and how they might be impacted. We all understand that. But what a basis to start with. Number three, the golden rule is a win-win-win now, John just said win-win. I'm saying win-win-win philosophy. See, when you sit there and you look at, okay, if, I want, if I'm going to treat people the way I want to be treated, both of you win, and the end situation is going to be a winning situation. The people around you that are, are, are affected indirectly will have a winning part of this also. But too many times, like this blog post that I was reading today, It's amazing. Because, see, what I have found is that people out there who have been hurt like to hurt other people. They don't use the golden rule. Instead, they maybe almost are ethical, and because they've been hurt, they can go hurt other people. Do unto others as has been done to me. They invert the golden rule. I've been hurt, so I'm going to hurt you. My dreams have been dashed, so I'm going to go dash your dreams. And then they get so freaking pissy, here's what happens. When somebody brings it to their attention, they attack them like freaking rabid animals. It's humorous to me. Nobody out there wants to look at the simplicity of ethics and say this is a win-win-win if we do it right. I have a room full of the most successful lawyers, company owners, people that love our profession sitting in a room working together who are direct competitors in most cases, and yet they come together trying to figure out an answer. The only thing they're missing is distributors to sit in that room with them, and I would love to be the first one ever inaugurated to sit on a committee of the Direct Selling Association representing the distributor mindset. I think that would be just rock-solid cool. God opens those doors, so be it. If he doesn't, I'm going to be out here as a loud voice. Number four, the golden rule is a compass when we need direction. I'm a firm believer of that. I can talk about this because I went through a time when ethics was irrelevant to me. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in every industry in which I've been a part of. And sadly, because of my ego, I took a great joy in exploiting the weaknesses of others, whether it was in mergers and acquisitions, bail bonding and bounty hunting, or network marketing. And sadly, it's sometimes in my own relationships at home. 
I'm not saying this from some cockamamie pedestal. I'm giving it to you as somebody that has wallowed in the garbage and realized he was wrong. And has spent the last 20 years trying to make up for that by treating people the best based on how I want to be treated. See, it's the compass. Ted Koppel once said this, There's harmony and inner peace to be found in following a moral compass that points in the same direction regardless of fashion or trend. See, if we want to change, then we have to be willing to change. We have to be willing to do some stuff. We have to be willing to move forward. Some people say in business, ethics is irrelevant. You don't you don't have to worry about that, and I disagree. James Blanchard, who's the CEO of Sinovus Financial Group out of Atlanta, they're one of the largest, most respected banking holding organizations out there, decided a few years ago, we're wiping out all the crap. We're not going to be treating people like garbage. We're not going to, we're not going to hold over them the, the stuff that, that is there that, that can bother them. We're not going to hold over them the, the fear of loss. Instead, we're going to treat them equally. We're going to raise them up. We're going to give them everything we have. And as leaders, we're going to lead, not manage. You know, that company, since, since they implemented this back in 1998, have been one of the 100 best companies to work for in America. And throughout a five- to six-year period, almost 200 of their leaders left the company because they, the leaders, didn't work out because they could not hold to that standard. Jim put it this way. If we had only one rule in this company, it would be the golden rule. If we've got one thing right, then no, if we've got that one thing right, no other rules matter. And that's what he went for. After reading that, I decided I'm going to go open up. A, we've got one of their local banks, Coastal Bank here. I'm going to go open up my bank account and move all my business to that bank because I love that philosophy. John wrote this, and this is what Jim said. He said, very quickly, the light of day shone on the bad leaders. We had two to 300 of them transition out in the last six to eight years because they could not live up to the standard of treating folks right with respect, admiration, appreciation, and consideration. Listen to what Maxwell writes here. This is, this is great. I know we're closing down. He says, to too many people, the golden rule sounds like a soft approach to business, but nothing could be further from the truth. At Synovus, arrogance is not tolerated, but excellence is expected. Jim went on and he said, our policies are not to cover for lazy, average, and mediocre. We are very demanding and competitive, but we don't jerk people around either. And when John asked him, what about the benefits of the golden rule? This is what he said. The tangible business, the tangible benefits to a business is lower turnover, fewer EEOC complaints, almost a disappearance of any kind of harassment issues. But the intangible benefits, your best folks, your best emerging leaders want to stay and people grow and flourish together. See, it's really a win-win, folks. The golden rule works for all of us, and that's Ethics 101. That's the name of the game. Tomorrow, which will be the last show for this week, 
we do the chapter, The Golden Rule Begins With You. See, it all starts at home. It starts with what we do, what we say, what our efforts are. And I am proud to say in the next few weeks when we launch this brand new community of people that have come together and said we want to raise the standard of excellence that it will be led by distributors and leaders alike who say we want in, we want to be a part. I'm excited about this. God put this on my heart. I know some of you think that's pretty whacked out. But I believe an industry can be turned around by one simple rule, the golden rule. You treat people the way you want to be treated, and the rest is history. Folks, live life like it's an epic adventure. I'll see you at the top. It's Papa's day out. I'm going to go take these little girls and have some fun with Jetty. We'll see you tomorrow right here on RealMentorsRadio.com.